Hey, as we come to a close this year, we want to thank you for listening to our podcast. And before the year's over, go to www.onehope.gives forward slash donate. And there you can find our Christmas catalog and consider supporting us this year. Also, I wanted to mention that on February 18th through 22, we are going to be having a vision tour to Baltimore. For those who are interested in the work of One Hope, want to be part of it in various ways, you can find information on that also at our website, www.onehope.gives forward slash vision dash tours. And as part of that, on February 20th, we're going to have a workshop on intentional living. You can find information on the website for that as well. We're about to listen to Brian and Don Sessions share their story. And I want you guys to stay tuned to the end for a sneak peek of Brian's new song, Jesus Loves Me. From Baltimore, Maryland, this is The Stoop Sessions, a One Hope podcast. Join us for conversations about ministry on The Stoop. Learn more about our work at www.onehope.gives. So here we are on The Stoop with Brian and Dawn Sessions. This is... Uh, we got the sessions on The Stoop Sessions. Real Stoop Session. Real Stoop Session today. Oh, I didn't even think about that connection. No, I wonder if they get it. The sessions on The Stoop Sessions. Yeah. I've been waiting to make that that connection oh, this whole time. <laughs> well, one 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 thing that our listeners should know about Brian Sessions is that he is our intro and outro voice. The mysterious the stoop intro and outro mm. voice. If I knew the words, I would say it right now. Welcome <laughs> to Baltimore, Maryland. Something like that. One hope dot gives. Yeah. For more information. So uh, this All is right, sort done. of part two of our December series on Christmas stories. And what's our stoop. jingle? It's oh, Christmas we, maybe, stories on the stoop. <laughs> maybe we should have, we should have Don Brian. and Brian yeah. do something. They can live us with a jingle. Us, we got we got Don on here too. So all right, so Brian and Don Sessions are members of the Garden Church. Uh, Brian and Don live in West Baltimore, not far from us. Uh, Brian is an artist, and Dawn is an artist. <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit more about what you guys do. Um, and uh, welcome to The Stoop. Thanks nice. for having us. All right, so there's a lot we want to talk about. We so want to much. talk about growing up in Baltimore. We want to talk about your own faith journey. We want to talk about the arts. Tell us about life growing up in Baltimore. So tell, what would we see if we ever peered into a five-year-old Brian Sessions and a Don Hubbard. What would he have seen? What would he have seen? How would you have been described? I would have been described as grandma's favorite, spoiled, and the snitch all in one. You know what? Don has always been committed to the truth. She's not going to lie for nobody. No, not at all. But the difference, I'm from West End. He's from East. East sucks. That's right, East. No, West. Already. West. Greenmount Avenue. No. Zone Look at 18. Greenmount. 18. Where y'all at now? <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, you guys yeah. are all West now. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, let's see. Probably a mixture of uh, Spencer and Jonah at age five. And yeah. if you know his kids, that's yep. fun. So that's, that's a little bit of fun and rebellious now at the same time. Now we know where time. they get it from. And intelligence. Yeah. And intelligence. Yeah, that's some inquisitive. That's for me. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate that. So we kind of need to handle your stories individually right. until the point you met. So Brian, uh, you grew up, you, you had, have a sister, single mom. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yep. The three of correct. you? Yep. It was, it's the three, it was the three of us. 
probably from the age six and up. Uh, before then, it was my stepdad who I just, you know, came back in contact with. Um, so, yeah, it was just us uh, on Green Mountain Avenue, um, 24, 24th Street. Yep. So, and Brian, uh, the Greenmount Avenue, that area is has been known to be like a big area for the BGF, Black Gorilla family, a lot right. of drug trade. You growing up there, I'm sure that you have friends that ended up in the BGF, ended up on the streets, ended up dead. Uh, how? What do you account like? Like you went a different direction. How? Why? Yeah, I, I always say, um, um, God. So 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 those issues getting into gangs and drug dealing and you know sometimes for I, I would say for the, the the person who's doing it um a lot of a lot of times when I was coming up in their mind it was justified as out of necessity but then in a lot of cases it was out of a search for identity right mm. um and the thing about the gospel is like if you look at everybody's hands we all got different fingerprints right but we all can find our identity in one place when it mm. comes to believers that's the gospel so mm-hmm. I think God used um, the arts as I was growing up and me getting exposed to, you know, BGF and drug dealing and gang life. Uh, simultaneously, my mom trying to keep me from that stuff, put me in the arts. She's put me in different things, but the arts um, and uh, church and, and like music kind of stuck. Why? Because all those three things, what they have in common is ownership and identity. Now, what God did was use those things to help me find my identity in him, right? So um, that's the same thing with, with, with gangs, though, and drugs. We try to find out, we try to find some type of security and identity, uh, but but God scooped me up around the same. He, but he, he He allowed me to see it, right? He allowed me to to be present with it, um, but he didn't allow it to consume me. So. It's so good, man. I like how you're connecting the whole like pull to the gang life and drug trade as not just simply I need cash, which that's that's part of it, right? But so much of that is identity. Right. Yeah. More than anything. Right. It's to belong and for people to say, I know you, right. your family. That's right. That's right. That's right. And you know me. So Dawn, you were growing up uh west. West. Sandtown area. Sandtown. That's right. That's right. Not yeah. too far from where you currently live. Right. So, like, uh, Curry and Winchester is where I grew up at. Yeah. And, and you've got um, uh, a mom mm-hmm. in the house growing up? Yes. My mom, my grandmother, my siblings, and some of my cousins. And you have, like, 23 siblings. <laughs> Four, 14. <laughs> 14. Oh, 14. <laughs> 14 is still a lot. Yeah, it is. Um, but all 14 of us, whether or not, was not in my grandmother's house. How it many was, were in the house? At that time, my mom, it was four of us for my mom and then my cousins, some of my cousins. Uh, Brian, you grew up in church, is that right? At, at some point, we were forced to go, but like, okay. like we started out being forced. Then as we got a little bit older, probably about 11, 12, it was a cho- she gave us a choice. And around that time, we started going to a church that had like this youth department. So I was going there just because it was fun, you know. Um, but, you know, God, God uses certain things. to mm-hmm. you know, like, For sure. Yeah, what about you, Don? Um, I, church. Yeah, I actually used to go to church every Sunday with my grandmother. Uh, I enjoyed it because she, I was on the choir. Can't sing. <laughs> but, I did not you know, know oh, you were yeah. on the choir. And they made me a soprano. Why? <laughs> Please no, give us a glimpse of uh, that no, today. No, no, no. So I, was, I thought you were on the usher team. I was about to tell you. Yeah, gloves. Okay. So I was I'm on. I was on the choir. 
I was on the Usher team. You wear the white gloves? Yep. Mm. And I had to, I was in a part of the band. I had to play my trumpet. Wow. And this was every Sunday. And I had to wear this long black skirt all the way down to my ankles with these white tights and this white button up every <laughs> Sunday. And that was the only thing. I just like having to wear that same outfit every Sunday. We won't, we won't, when Riley and get older, we're going to have a come to church like that. No. <laughs> yep. Don't I told skip my laundry grandma, day. like, grandma, they're going to think I'm dirty because I wear this every Sunday. Did you no. dance at church? I didn't. They no. didn't. Um, I don't, I don't, don't want to say they didn't. Believe in it. I'm not sure, but there okay. was no dance ministry there. Mm-hmm. I didn't start dancing at a church until I was like college, 17. Right? College. Yeah, yeah. Wow. When I met both of you guys, you were at University of Baltimore. So, so you graduated. Where did you go to high school, Brian? I went to NAF National Academy Foundation. Okay, and Don Parkville. Parkville. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, so you ended up in the county. Yes, I ended up in the county. Right. My dad moved. So to you graduated county. high school. Um, and then you went to college. Mm-hmm. You ended up at University of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And Brian, I met you at a Bible study, I think. Yeah, Is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. that was a uh, Bible study that uh, me and this guy named Larry started. So we were the two guys <clears throat> on like campus. This is going back like a 10, 10 years? This was 08. Probably like 08, 09. 12 years. Like, like 09, 08, 09. I met you through Dustin, who was one of the, the, the Bible study members. Yeah. yeah. And you met Dawn at UB as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, or Don met Brian at no, no, yeah, yeah. Depends <laughs> on how you want to tell the story. Come on. It depends uh, on how you want to set the picture story. First. No, you always I, been focused. No, 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 I'm going to tell my set part. You tell your part. How about, how, we, how about we... No, listen. Because we, oh we don't lie. Gosh. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh my and I know you're not going to lie about it. Go ahead. All right, so part. check this out. Tell your part. All right, check this out. Tell us. So I'm on the court where I frequent, okay. basketball court where I frequent, you know, the in between. I, 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 the reason, that's debatable. You know, Hold up. That's debatable The reason I John noticed you is because you were the guy who always had, had the, the ball. ball. <laughs> the reason I'm always on the court because people always wanted to pick me up. Ah. All right, so look, check this out. I've never, outside of movies, seen anybody hold their phone in the air to get signal or service. I've never seen that. I've never seen that. So on the court, I'm, I'm playing ball, and I see this girl up in the bleachers <laughs> looking like she's trying to get service. I tell my homeboy, like, yo, I think that girl up there taking pictures of me. And lo and behold, she was taking pictures of me. So, <laughs> All right, Brian. All right, that well, did wait, first answer, were you looking for a signal or were you just taking Which photos? Which one? I was taking pictures. Oh, okay. Me and my friends had this little inside joke. So when I first saw him, I was like, oh, y'all, guess what? I'm going to marry him. They like... You're crazy. I said, nope, that's going to be my husband. Years later, he became my husband. So. You've always been a okay. focus. But he stalked me back. I did. Okay. I did. I ain't going to lie. Y'all don't know that part. He don't talk about that part too much. <laughs> I posted my number under my cousin's picture for a quick second. She said, got the number. I deleted it because she only had access to Facebook. Next thing you know, somebody playing on my phone. And I could not figure out who it was. And I was calling all these people like, are you playing on my phone? Are you playing on my phone? He messaged me. He messaged me. me that was my way. Of, you know. That would pick up, text the phone like pick up. That was my was end. Like, that was my end. That was his end. Yeah. So uh, you ended up at the Garden Church through a series of events. Um, you guys both started attending some of our Bible studies. Brian, you became an intern. Don, you eventually were an intern as well. And uh, but but uh, when you first started coming, I think there was a. Um, Brian, I, I, you'd have to refresh me on some of your own story and your own understanding of the gospel prior to the garden. 
But don't I remember having a conversation with you where you were like, oh my gosh, like I thought of it, I was a Christian my all this time, yeah. and I've never understood the gospel. Never understood the gospel until I got to the garden. So, like, growing up, it was just, oh, yeah, I be- um, oh, growing up, it was just, oh, yeah, I believe in God type thing. Never knew what that meant. If people say, are you a Christian? I literally, my answer would be, oh, yeah, I believe in God. I go to church with my grandmother. Even down to um, <clears throat> baptism, I thought because I got baptized, I'm saved. I, I never knew or understood the gospel. I never knew who who. Jesus was. Jesus died on a cross for you, for your sins. And, like, I didn't, I just didn't understand the gospel at all. So, no, I wasn't saved, <laughs> nor was I a Christian. I knew Jesus died for my sins and I needed him to, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I would say I was definitely um, a Christian. It's just imagine looking at the Bible as 66 different books and then coming here and seeing how it's weaved together. Mm-hmm. So, so and, and if we look at the Bible as as the gospel, you know, the whole Bible is the gospel. It's just the unfolding of the gospel. Um, it just kind of like if I'm driving and my windshield is foggy, it cleared the windshield for me. So it helped me to see it. Sure. It's, you know, yeah. When you say the whole Bible is the gospel, of course, like if I were to ask somebody what's the gospel and right. they were to say, well, the Bible's the gospel, we might be like, eh, do they really understand what the gospel is? So what do, you, what do you mean by that, the whole Bible is the gospel? Just looking at how the uh, gospel unfolded from the, it, it, the the beginning of time and just just how um, it was the plan the entire time. Like, everything happened under the sovereignty of God. Um, but uh, I would say, with, without going too into detail, I would say uh, the gospel starts with a holy and just God. And what I mean by that is he's perfect. He doesn't need us. He He didn't need to create us, you know. Um, and he did for his glory. Um and uh, uh, what I mean by justice, everything he's do- he does is right. You know, mm-hmm. uh, what he says goes. So he, he created us. Um, we were good. We were perfect. We fell, right? Um, uh, we needed saving. We could not meet God's standard. And, and even skipping, because I, I, in my mind I'm picturing Adam and Eve, but just looking at my life, right? I was doing good things. I was doing bad things. My good things didn't, would never, could never outweigh my, my bad. Um, yeah, yeah. So Christ was perfect, mm. and that's what made his righteousness acceptable. Yeah. So he gave me, on the cross, he gave me his righteousness. Well, he gives, gives us, the believers, his righteousness, and then uh, we give him our sin to which he, he bore the wrath of God, the just wrath of God, right? And what, that's what I was talking about in the beginning. God has always been just, right? He's always executed perfect justice, and, and, and that saved us. Because Christ took our, our wrath, uh, took the wrath that was due us, we don't have to have it anymore. Um, and now we're reconciled. That's the, that's the part that a lot of people forget. Um, and sometimes we, we live our life as if we're just saved, a.k.a. And, and what I mean by just saved is not reconciled to God. Like, that's the beautiful part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, other than that, we're, we're just excited because, whoo, I escaped wrath. Yeah. No, that's not the beauty of the gospel. The beauty of the gospel is we're reconciled right. back yeah. to the perfect right. Savior of the world. Um, so back to, to God, you know, and, uh, that, and, and that's free to all who believe that, right? And, and, and Christ didn't, you know, stay in the grave. He rose, and that was our hope that one day, you know, uh, uh, we'll, we'll rise from the grave as well. At, at what point did you believe that? Yeah, that's, that's a good question, man, because um, I, I'll, I'll say this. I don't think the gospel was ever... Um, 
clearly articulated to me at one point, and I believed it. Yeah. And even if it was, until God opens my eyes, I'm not going to yeah. you know, believe right, it. Right. Um, but I think through a series of events... I just came to believe it. It became to be beautiful to me. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I was probably somewhere around 12 years old where I, I understood and it became beautiful. But I would say that faith was um, awakened to me probably like 17 years old. Yeah. Um, and then again, refreshed to me when I remember I said my eyes like that fog was off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was sitting like two cubicles over. And um, I was reading. Right here in the office. Yeah, right, right here in the office during the internship. I forget what book I was reading. Um, I think it was 10 Questions. Yeah, it was 10 Questions by, what is it? Don, Don Whitley? Don Whitney. 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 Uh, yeah, that's yeah. um, yeah, close. Uh, yeah. Shout, shout out to Whitney. Um, <laughs> He's a regular listener to the podcast, by the way. Hey, how you doing? Jokes I was just joking about your name, to be honest. <laughs> but no, no, no. Did. He was just talking about how Christ's sole purpose was to come here and die for our sins. And that literally. Brought me to tears. Like, I could yeah. probably cry right now. You know, I'm trying to hold, like, yeah. that brought me man. to tears, man. And it was yeah. just like the first, it, it was it was like a repeat of the first moment, I believe. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. How about you, when, uh, when was it that you um, believed? Probably around 2014. I removed myself. It was for, to the, for the point listeners, where, um, Dylan's got a little baby Riley in her lap. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, Friend of the program. Friend of the show. <laughs> so if you hear coos, it's not Timbaland. It's just, it's just Riley. Only, that's funny. Go ahead, sis. Um, <laughs> or a cat. <laughs> I removed myself from a, a lot of different things that, are, that were just unlike God. Um, my, the old dance ministry I used to be a part of, I removed myself from, from that. I removed myself from hanging around certain people. I stopped, um, like, indulging in sin purposely. You know how, okay, we'll fall and we do sin because we're not perfect, but I just stopped. I just removed everything. I just wanted to live for him and live as not perfect, but live the way that he want me to live. What were some, like confusing because you guys have both been in church settings and serving mm-hmm. right and I think sometimes that could be such a smoke screen mm-hmm. and it can sometimes confuse you from actually believing in the gospel so what were That's some good. of the things that maybe y'all put false hope in like oh I've mm-hmm. got to be saved because I'm xyz mm-hmm. or other people look saved because they're mm-hmm. doing xyz at a past church that I attended I was told if you can't speak in tongue then mm-hmm. you are not mm-hmm. saved for me it was um it was uh I think lack of accountability made me focus my hope on works, mm. right? Because I, I didn't, because a, a, accountability growing up for me was a, a foreign principle. Mm. Like you didn't see it practiced and you didn't hear, hear it preached. Sure. Um, so, so you would come to church, um, I guess, with your best foot forward. And uh, it's almost like this false false persona that you have on, yeah. right? Everybody's, you know, whether you are having a good time for whatever reason, mm-hmm. you're presenting yourself as if this is your life, right? Yeah. Behind closed doors. This is your life. This is mm-hmm. me, right? Um, so so you had no choice but to rely on the fact that you may sing on a choir, mm-hmm. the fact that you may do this, the fact that you may do that, the fact that you don't do this, right? Mm-hmm. So it's something that you don't do and you, 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 you're allowing those things to be tallies, for your salvation or what sins can I stop doing? And so, um, when I, when I, when I, and, and I'm not, I'm, what I'm not trying to do, I don't, what I don't want the listener to, um, just 
like push away what I'm trying to say is be I don't want you to think that I'm trying to somehow uplift the garden as the savior. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm right. saying is, right. no, and this is this is this is just the truth. Coming here um, is when I was first introduced to the principle of accountability and, and how that looked, um, and just realizing like, yo, again, going back to that fingerprint, like we're yeah. all different, um, but we we we. One place we do meet is is in the Bible. That's where we find our identity. This is an oxymoron. Calling yourself a Christian but trying to justify yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was trying to justify myself. And too, that's got to be incredibly stifling to the freedom of God's word because you're trying to act like something you're not yeah. when you could be indulging in sin and you don't feel like there's a free place to say, hey, I'm doing... Exactly. Like, it's yeah. so confusing. Exactly. Instead to come and actually say, oh, we are sinners. And yeah. the yeah. only... What I hear from you is like... Christ really is the only perfect one. Yeah. Therefore, exactly. like sure. run to him, right? right? Yeah, yeah. So, so cool that y'all have like yeah. made that distinction really clear. Yeah. 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 Hey, you mentioned uh, accountability. Um, one, that's biblical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're called to confess our sins to, mm-hmm. to one another. Um, so as, as a church, we try to, you know, make that a practice of ours as, you know, yeah. right. as part of the culture of our church. Right. How has accountability mm-hmm. um, helped you both mm-hmm. in, in your Christian life? And I say, um, in some di- some 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 dire times, like or some some trying times, accountability has been um, helpful. And and I'll, I'll put it this way: uh, Joel told me one time. He said, he said, uh, uh, accountability is not an. Uh, well, I think he said it's not the end all, be all. He said you got to actually use it and be truthful with it, mm. right? Because we we can find ourselves. Accountability can be a great tool of the devil. Mm, man, wow. if, if you're not really taking this, wow. I'm saying there's so many. Dang. Variable for the accountability. Hey, Joe, for real. I literally, no, that was deep. I sit here that's, weeks that's, that's, and I'm like recounseled, counseled yeah. my soul. Yeah, and no, I right. have the truth. That's facts, though. No, that's no like that's so true. Like, like um, I remember one time um, there was this sin that I, you know, confessed, and I would I would bring it up often, and and um, Joe was like, "Hey, listen, don't get hung up on that sin. The fact that you, you know, that Christ, that you repented from that sin," he said, because subtly. Mm. Satan can make you start finding your identity That's in right. the fact that you overcame that sin Sheesh. and you can begin to hide other sins. That's good. Mm. You know, so, yeah, that, that, that accountability is, it only works with transparency. Yeah. Mm. So let's turn a little bit to the arts and I want to kind of connect some of your story with the arts and then I also want to, uh, want to talk about your own passion for the arts beyond this first question I'm going to ask you, okay? this is I'm giving you a little bit of a preface here. Yeah. Um, so you both kind of came out of somewhat like churchy backgrounds, right? You both had some uh, church language. Brian, you seem to have a pretty uh, a stronger understanding of the gospel, at least than Don did. Don, you seem to not have any understanding of the gospel yeah. uh, up until the time you were 22 years old. Yet I know, Don, you were in dance ministries, mm-hmm. and Brian, you had been performing. <laughs> but beyond your stories, though, one of my concerns about the arts and Christianity is this, is that I think the arts has a tendency to lift up people who shouldn't be on a stage, who shouldn't be on a platform, who aren't a member of a local church. They don't really love the church. They might not even know the gospel, but they're doing Christian arts. They're doing spoken word. They're They're on the dance teams. They're talented. I know that you guys share that concern because we've talked about it before. But in what way do you see your role now? So what I've seen in the like Christian artist world, a lot of um, the artists seem to be running after fame. And so they're not really 
focused or even about getting God's word out. They okay, y'all coming up with um, gospel songs or doing gospel dances or doing uh, performing or whatever the case may be, but it's for their for their fame. They trying to see get money off of it. Now, I'm not saying you can't make money off of your art because if you do it for a living, then hey, make your money, but. Don't use that art and just put God's name behind it if it's not really for God. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so, for me, what I do, um, so I have a nonprofit, dance ministry nonprofit. And what I do is. And what's it called? Grace Abounds, Mentoring Through the Arts. And so, what I do, I try to make my main focus Christ regardless. So, we, we uh, read the Bible together, we go through scriptures together. I even had some of the girls come to me like, Hey, I don't know who God is. And so we started going through uh, what is the gospel and um, just different stories that about we start going through that. So I try to make the main focus just Christ. And we can dance later. If y'all can't do the this main stuff, uh, follow your scripture and doing a different assignments about the, about the Bible and about God, then no, we're not dancing. We're not going to come up with a routine. And so I once walked in on one of Don's practices just to visit, and it was such a beautiful sight. So there was about 12 girls there. They have the the they have their like memorizing memorization folders open. And I think were they going through either Acts or Matthew? Matthew 18, maybe? Matthew 18. And they're just reciting it. And it was sweet to see them like stretch to get ready. <laughs> and then she's like, All right, let's let's work through these verses. And I think it's so good for the girls to see commitment and say, we really think this is just as important. So it's been beautiful to see you weave that through. I said and and, and a lot of times when I'm trying to make a point, I um, end up quoting you. <laughs> like, I for real, like I got like a Rolodex in my mind. Of <laughs> Joel's quotes. I just start a book. Yeah. I give you royalties. <laughs> no, no, no. He said, he said, um, and he probably don't even remember this. He said, one of the worst things about um, a, a Christian performer is that they're a performer. So a lot of times it's easy to to um, to to try to convince or persuade people, almost. In a sense, like how I was doing, for your own justification in some weird sense, right? You're up there performing, and you can do such a good job, but really, you're not even believing the gospel yourself. Yeah, it's good. Well, one thing I appreciate about both of you guys is, first of all, you're, you're members of a local church, um, submitted to the local church. Uh, you are don't see yourselves as sort of like these renegades out there doing your thing oh, no. yeah. versus the church thing you know you're, you you prioritize your local community and that's just i just don't see that in a lot of uh christian artists you know i was about to say one of the things um that, that we do try to do is encourage for those who are who are members of our organization uh, we encourage them to be healthy members at their church so let's take a turn now talk about what you're trying to do within the arts so, Dawn, you've already talked a little bit about Grace Abounds. Uh, you've got a ministry called Rock. Mm -hmm. uh, you could talk about that a little bit. And why do you think the arts can be helpful for uh, Baltimore City youth? Yeah. So uh, I have an organization uh, called The Remnant of Christ uh, that I started in 2014. Uh, and it's just an organization where we, uh, where we spread the gospel through arts and entertainment. Now, I was about to talk about the Rock Enrichment Program, which is one of the arms of um, uh, the Remnant of Christ. And this is a secular organization where we work in schools and work in um, youth organizations and teach education and social skills through arts and entertainment. But we, we use arts 
because it connects to the young people, you know. And again, it gives them a sense of ownership. It gives them a sense of pride. And uh, we just use it as an avenue to, or platform rather, to teach, whether it's the gospel or education or social skills and different things like that. So, well, what is success for you? I, I, what I'll say is success for 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 me, and I think um, objectively speaking, if I can make that statement, is that success isn't a, a, a end marker. Success, uh, like if we could be experiencing success now, what I mean is if we're fulfilling the mission of the, the company, if we're actually doing what we're set out, like what the purpose of it is, you know, spreading the gospel, right? If it's if it's listeners, like if if they're in a rehearsal and she's doing a Bible study or she's explaining the lyrics to a song, or you know, if she's mentoring, if she's discipling, if she's evangelizing, I think she's successful in her organization, sure. and then. Um, Likewise, yeah. So, but but what does that success look like? I think is where where kids can uh, meet Christ, where kids can be themselves, where kids can learn and grow, where kids can find, you know, um, um, in Christ and 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 in His body, um, what they feel like they're lacking, maybe at home or in society or in school, you know, um, and they can find that in the gospel, in Christ by way of uh, the arts, you know, that's our avenue. As long as we can plant the seed, not saying like they all will be like saved or understand it uh, with either of our organizations, but if we can plant the seed and they can just continue to ask questions, that's what success look like for me. That's good. In what ways are you concerned about Baltimore City youth? There's so many bad influences around them that they pick up on that. So for me, it's almost like I'm battling they like see this and want to do that, but I'm like, hey, no, can't do that. And they're like, well, such and such, everybody else. And I'm like, that don't mean you have to be a follower. You got to be a leader, so you'll bring that up. The young people are searching and seeking mm-hmm. something, um, and they're finding lies, and they're believing lies, and they're dedicating their lives to these lies. Um, you know, and I think a lot of time it's a lack, it's a lack of community, really, from home school system, uh, all these things that are, are really set up for them to fail, uh, but by us coming from it, like literally coming from it, um, and not choosing to, you know, the temptation was there before, but not choosing to run and use our gifts for ourselves, but we're, we're saying, look, I, I know what you've been through, I've been through it, a lot of stuff that you've been through, I might still be going through, but I know what has helped for me, I know what's, what's been my hope, and let us share that with you. Right? And a lot of times, whether kids are into your hope or not, what they really need is just a shoulder to lean on. And by providing that for them, like, that's a blessing in itself. Yeah. Just, you know, just providing a shoulder for them to lean on. And then the hope is always sure. for them to, to, to ultimately lean on Christ. Yeah, I think you're saying, let me show you a better way. Let me yeah, show you sure. a much better yeah. way and yeah. showing them a community. I love how you guys seek to even... Um, weaving the kids that you, the relationships that you're building, mm-hmm. bring them to church, right. getting them to see this is what work looks like. Here's right. other people loving Jesus. Right. Other people with kids. Look, right. here's other teens. So right. uh, just beautiful how you show them community in the family. Yeah, that, that goes back into, like I was saying, them, they, they, they society, the world, I put it in, in biblical terms, the world is lying to them about what they need. But bringing them to places like the garden and surround them with brothers and sisters, they get to see the truth. They get to see how the truth is played out practically. That's so. good. You know, I was going to ask you, like, how you see the church kind of uh, part of your broader world and what you do. And you're already mentioning it. It's like the church is sort of this countercultural community. 
You know what I'm saying? That like we're all out doing different things through the week. And then as we gather, uh, it's an opportunity for some of the people. This isn't the only reason we gather, but for some of the people that we're working with, they can get a taste of that countercultural community and to just see that things are different, you know? Like you guys are from the community, uh, you're in the community, but you're also in a different community, mm -hmm. you know? And that's the community of God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you're introducing people in the community to this countercultural uh, neighborhood, if you would, yeah. of the church. I think that intersection is the I told you so. And what I mean by that is it's confirmation to what we say to them in our ministries or what we show them in our ministries, like to have them see it played mm -hmm. out. Like when whether Don's bringing mentees or I'm bringing mentees, like to have them see the love, the genuine love. And the, and, and the, the mind-blowing thing about the garden, and I would say um, any, any true Bible-believing and preaching church is it's so many different personalities so many different oh walks gosh. of life quirkiest people I've ever everybody met in my being life. themselves like that's yeah. the like everybody is themselves like we're not trying to force an image yeah you know it, it's just like this is who i am this is what and we might all be different but that's cool but like you said if it if it's not a essential you know like like we, we line ourselves only only person we try to be like is christ Amen. that's the yeah. only person outside yeah. of that we've been ourselves and if who we ourselves are does not line up with Christ then we stop doing that but I'm not stopping who I am to yeah. be like you you're not stopping who you yeah, are to yeah. be like me yeah only way we're gonna stop who we quote-unquote say we are is if it doesn't line up with we Christ yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly that's so, good. Yeah. I appreciate how you guys whether it's like the, the kids that you work with that you mentor how you always like kind of invite them mm -hmm. to church over the years I always see uh bringing them to church I think some Christian like organizations like there's no follow-up like, yeah, that's beyond facts. like that event that they that they're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's no connection to the church. So that's I've always kind of admired like how you guys you got to church yeah. on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are like hardcore life on life. <laughs> right. Y'all get discipleship. No, I think so many people are like they want to know how do you do life on life discipleship? How do you do that? How do you do that? And I think you live with people. Mm. You show them how you are in every setting with every person. And so right. Riley agrees. Yeah. <laughs> you, like, Don, you've got a program, but you don't just have a program. It's like your whole life is shared with these girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah. And it she, she invites them yeah. into her home. She, yeah. she goes yeah. into their home. She gives home. them rides. Yeah. She gives them her Take them camping. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Take them camping. Borrow my By tent. the way, they're like, <laughs> right, right. borrow your tent. By the way, they're like, I'm not camping ever again. No. <laughs> But um, you guys were both, <laughs> you guys were both interns at the Garden Church. Yeah, yeah. I really, really enjoyed the intern. I enjoyed how much we just, it was just, well, the church is already family, and but the internship, we just was even closer, just like the group of people that were here and just being able to travel with each other, get to know each other more, um, and just dig deeper in each other's lives. I learned to love to read at the internship. Amen. <laughs> Prior to the intern, I did not yeah. like reading. She came and in she, and said, I'm not reading any books. I just want you to know I, that. And she, but she means that, though. Now she loves to read because yeah. of the internship. Yeah. And for our listener, so through One Hope, we've got an intern program that focuses on uh, raising up leaders. Uh, and we mean that in a broad sense of the term. Could be future pastors, could be uh, a dance company leader. And about uh, people who want to invest in the city, 
and uh, we've had the honor of having both of you guys. Uh, and Don, uh, Don, I'm looking at you, Brian, and I call you Don. <laughs> they start to look alike, so I understand. To become one, the Bible says. <laughs> um, so, Brian, you also day. do your own music. Mm-hmm. Um, you do some performing. You write some music. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about that a little bit? Make some beats. Yeah, I. Um, you make some. You make some songs. Yeah, I do. I do a you little s- bit of this and that. D. No, I, yeah, I make. I make some other stuff. Uh, but um, yeah, I started off actually rapping. Um, it was secular stuff like. This was this was before salvation, and I've always been the type. Well, I'm lying. When I was doing the secular word, I would I would rap about what I thought people wanted to hear. But when I became saved, I started rapping about my reality. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I, I just use music in the same way, the same way. I feel like um, people like music, and people like transparency, and I feel like believers and non-believers, you know, probably go through. Who doesn't go through? Um, Besides rich people, but I'm talking about real people. Who doesn't yeah. go through bills, rich problems, right? Tem- tem- temptation. <laughs> you heard it here. Say like, no. Bills, temptation, uh, insecurities, right? Believer and non-believer alike go through these things. I just use my 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 rhymes to give them hope, right? To show them That's hope. Good. So for the believer, it's reassuring. For the non-believer, it's something new, right? Oh, let me try this. I tried everything else. He mentioned his problems. I'm tracking with him. Once he gets to the end, he talks about his hope and his salvation. Let me try that solution, right? So, Can I play one of your most recent songs here? Sure, sure. So uh, you wrote a song and uh, just dropped it recently called Jesus Loves Me. My favorite. <laughs> listen, I've been telling this man this for years. Yeah, we've been waiting for this have album you, drop. Have you heard it, Steph? I have heard it. I mean, right, come listen, on. Can we let our listeners hear this for yeah, a second? Yeah, we should. Should we, right. should we tell them how to find Brian and Don if they ever want to serve their ministries? How do you we, find uh, them? I, they're going to tell us how to find them. So how do, right, how do people well, let's get in touch? To, let's listen to the song first. To track first. Because, because at this point, people don't know that they, they need to find Oh, oh so right after but this after drops. after hear this song, <laughs> the fire. they're going to say, I need to find. All right, well, go ahead. All right, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Spent many years shedding tears of self inadequacy. Knowing my lack of securing the cross of Jesus, see. I grew up singing this song, yet failed to truly see that though it's brief and so richly deep, what good theology like. Jesus loves me. The gospel. The most amazing combination of words possible For if I am loved by him, then it's impossible To be hated by the Father, it's just not an option This I know Such a bold statement To be so sure I'm secure may sound like my head's inflated But when I think of the cross, it just seems oh so basic Christ, that's propitiation, assurance of salvation This ain't arrogance, it's confidence in the truth That if I comprehend it's by his grace that I do And if the Father's satisfied, then his wrath is too This all leads to confidence and confidence to godly fruit For the Bible tells me so, so like scriptura His word alone is so sufficient as my mental cure I can stand rest assured no other voice will make me woke If the Bible tells me so Little ones to him belong, that's oh so amazing That lets me know that if he owns me, that's because he saved me And if he saved me by his grace, then it's by grace I'm kept Till the day I'm waking from my saintly sleep after I've slept What's left? A bar so bright The spirit came behind my bars and made me righteous For in my frailty, I failed to keep to the T the law but come on. Jesus loves me, this I know. Yeah. For the Bible tells me so. All right. Little 
Told me so, which means my God he told me so. Christ is God's word is through his grace that I know. By grace through faith, I'm saved for show. Sure. I actually uh recorded that song the day she was born. Aww. I, I came home from the hospital because I, I couldn't I kept listening to it like before she was born. I was like, man, I don't like the way I recorded it. But I had so much inspiration, like when she was born, I just came home. And knocked it out. And what was the inspiration? Just having a baby? It was I was recording it as if I was talking to her. Uh, mm. Like Jesus loves me with the yeah, children. Yeah, like so. telling yeah, telling her telling her like like yo, this is how I found my hope in Christ. So if somebody wants to connect with either your ministries or support your ministries, what's the best way to do so? Graceabandsmentoring.org. Um, for Don or I don't think or, she or IG or IG. I was about to say, oh yeah, y- y'all have a Grace of Bounds account. I'm about to say I don't think she accepts people on her personal account that she don't. Know. And IG is Instagram if you're over forty. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> and uh, no. at, at at Brian Sessions, B R I N S E S S I O N S, and then the Rock Enrichment Program dot com. Who? Listen, you guys uh, are good friends, good church members. What I love about uh, this conversation is that we're having a conversation with two real people who we've been through life with, you know, through the ups and the downs. Um, we, uh, we're family. We're spiritual family with one another. And, um, and I'm just so encouraged to see you guys remaining faithful to Jesus. I think the motivation and for some the temptation is to try to find extraordinary faithfulness. That's why they're not content with where they are and try to move, 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 to try to quote-unquote right. leave their Gotta mark go to Atlanta. in this big old way. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That was almost Everybody's me Everybody's in Atlanta. Um, but but like, you, like you preached today, um, Christ is pleased with, extra, I mean, with uh, ordinary faithfulness. You know? And I think the temptation for us is to try to have that extraordinary mark, but it, that doesn't glorify Christ. It, it kind of glorifies us when we do it intentionally or seek to do it intentionally. That's a good word. Amen. This kind of wraps it up for Christmas. We're going to take a little Christmas break, right? Just a, just a little bit. Be back in January? I think we should make a note that I was Joel's favorite intern. All right, now <laughs> we can close. Okay. <laughs> On that note. You know, Dawn, look, Dawn I, I, is say our that, first I say that to everybody. I tell every intern. intern that you are my favorite intern, so but don't tell the other interns. Mm. Uh, but Dawn actually is... My favorite. I'm about to say he ain't tell me that, so that must have been. He must have spoke truth without saying it. Like you're not my favorite. He said you're not my favorite intern without telling me, because he didn't tell me. He ain't tell you. I think you're the only one that got that. Good times. And here is my voice on the outro right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's how we end. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Stoop Sessions. Be sure to catch us next time. As one hope exists to build healthy churches in the inner city, check us out and connect at www.onehope.gives. Security.
I'm, I'm so gone from the hurt that had a hold on me. I'm, I'm so drawn to the love that Christ has for me. I'm found with insecurities become security. Jesus loves me, this I know. Yeah. Love me, Jesus loves me. This